welcome to episode 25 of the Ubuntu Security Podcast with me, your host, Alex Murray. So I just want to apologize in advance for this week's episode. There's a bit of extra background noise uh, from my neighbors who are doing construction at the moment that I've tried to filter out, but yeah, apologies if some of that does bleed through a bit. So this week, we'll do our usual look at uh, packages and CVEs that we've addressed for the week. In particular, we've got uh, some good ones for NTFS 3G, Firefox, uh, SnapD, and GhostScript is back to haunt us again for yet another week. So I'll be going through all of those. And I'll also have a quick mention of some open positions that we've got within the team at the end of the episode too. Okay, so let's get into it. So we've got 39 unique CVEs that were addressed across the supported Ubuntu releases in the last week. The first one I want to have a look at is four CVEs in the file package. So uh, this contains a low-level application uh, for identifying you know, file types, things like that. So you can run, say, file on the command line and identify you know, that something is, say, an elf binary or, or that kind of thing, or an image or yeah, all, all kinds of stuff, really, that it can introspect about various files. So obviously it's processing a lot of untrusted input, the kind of thing that we would expect to find uh, issues with. In this case, four different um, CVEs that were filed against it. Uh, all of these looked like they were found through someone fuzzing various aspects of it. Uh, each of these was just a denial of service, so pretty low impact. Uh, but yeah, the usual kind of stuff. So a stack overflow uh, in the read elf code. Uh, two different out-of-bound reads due to a failure to properly null terminate strings before they were then processed. So basically it would just run off the end of the string and keep running into arbitrary memory. Uh, and the last one was a read past the end of the stack uh, due to a failure to properly keep track of certain buffer sizes and the like as well. So yeah, uh, they've all been fixed. We've got an update for libtiff. So this is for eight different CVEs that were fixed for uh, precise extended security maintenance only. So I've talked about libtiff in a couple previous episodes, episode 18 and episode 24, where we uh, did two different updates for the standard Ubuntu releases. Uh, in this case, we've now got the corresponding updates for libtiff for precise extended security maintenance. Uh, the different vulnerabilities that were fixed here were covered uh, across those two episodes. This essentially rolls in uh, both those updates for the ones that are applicable for precise ESM. Yeah, so that's now been fixed in that as well if you are a precise extended security maintenance customer. We've got an update for GDK PixBuff. So this is the uh, low-level library for handling images and image formats within uh, GTK and the GNOME desktop. Uh, we've got one CVE here that was fixed uh, for Xenial, and this was a failure to properly validate uh, bitmap uh, palette parameters. Essentially would lead to an out-of-bound read when decoding the color map later on. So again, another uh, denial of service, just resulting in a crash uh, at runtime. Okay, we've got an update for NTFS 3G. So this is one CVE here that was fixed for Xenial, Bionic, and Cosmic. This was discovered by uh, our own team member, Chris Coulson, during a recent code audit of the NTFS 3G code base. And uh, when Chris went to kind of investigate it further, he realized this had been fixed upstream late last year, kind of late December timeframe. Uh, but no CVE was assigned. So what we're looking at here was a heap-based buffer overflow. And this was able to be triggered by uh, an attacker essentially mounting a particular file system image where they could control the mount point and the current working directory. And so you need essentially code execution on the box already. Uh, but what we're looking at here is due to the way that the NTFS 3G package is done for Debian and Ubuntu, where it is set UID root, uh, we're able to leverage this into possible privilege escalation for arbitrary code execution as root. So the way the vulnerability worked was that uh, when you are going to mount the file system, it will look at the path that you're saying that you want to mount it at, 
and so that's able to be provided as a parameter to uh, the NTFS 3D binary on the command line and also take into account the current working directory. And now if you're able to make each of those different components be greater than path max, which is a you know, hash defined thing in libc, so, and usually about 1k, you can therefore overflow this heap-based buffer uh, with arbitrary data that you control because you are controlling what the mount point is in the current working directory as an attacker. So you can essentially get arbitrary data then uh, put onto the heap and overflow that buffer and likely get code execution as a result. And as I said, because this is set UID root uh, on Debian and therefore Ubuntu, uh, you now have essentially arbitrary code execution as root. So we fixed this uh, in the NTFS3G package to obviously address this heap-based buffer overflow, but we're also now looking at trying to remove the setUID part of the package as well, or remove it so it's not setUID, should I say. Uh, and that is uh, yeah, currently undergoing testing at the moment, and we hope uh, in the near future to be able to release another update that removes that setUID permission from NTFS3G as well. Essentially, we're just making sure that we don't uh, introduce too many regressions in functionality as a result. The idea of it being set UID is so that you know a standard user can do certain actions like you know mount the USB sticks and whatever else they do without having to authorize. Uh, those sorts of functions look like they should still be able to be supported even without it being set UID. So yeah, as I say, that will be hopefully released in the near future to remove any further possible privilege escalations via NTFS3G. Okay, the one that I've mentioned probably the most out of any other package in this podcast, GoScript. So we've got two more CVEs that have been announced recently. Uh, this fix is, applies for Trusty, Xenial, Bionic, and Cosmic. And these are similar to some previous uh, vulnerabilities that were fixed. Uh, in this case, one of them is around the force put operator. So this was able to be extracted from the define resource method so that when you are in the uh, GoScript sandbox uh, via dsafer, you would actually be able to uh, access arbitrary files on the file system and escape the sandbox. And the second one is pretty similar, but instead of the force put operator, we're looking at the super exec operator in this case. So essentially a couple of different ways of escaping the GoScript sandbox there. Uh, yeah, I expect as we've seen these uh, keep coming in the last, uh, well, really a year or so, uh, we're going to keep seeing more of these. And uh, I think GoScript is just that much of a complicated package. We've talked about this on a number of different episodes and it feels like we're probably just going to keep seeing these you know, slowly trickle in, uh, you know, every month or so. So yeah, anyway, let's hope maybe not. Hopefully I'm wrong and the pessimist in me is wrong, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Okay, we've got an update for P7-zip. So we've got two CVs here that were fixed in Xenial. Both of them heat-based buffer over, uh, sorry, both of them heat-based buffer uh, overflows, one of them on a, a write. So when decompressing a crafted zip file, yeah, you could therefore overflow this heat-based buffer, uh, obviously leading to a crash denial of service in the first instance, but because you can uh, essentially control that data that's on the heap, you might be able to get code execution as a result. And the other one was just a read. So here when decompressing a UDF file, and this is the universal disk format uh, often used for things like DVD image files and that kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, but in this case, because it's only uh, a read past the end of the heap-based buffer, you're looking at then just a denial of service uh, as a result of the impact. Uh, we've got an update for Firefox. So 17 CVEs here that were fixed uh, for Xenial, Bionic, and Cosmic. 
So uh, this was the latest Firefox release, <laughs> released about a week ago now, uh, version 66. But uh, last Friday, we saw kind of an emergency release of Firefox 66.0.1. Uh, this was done as a result of some vulnerabilities that were disclosed during Pwn to Own uh, late last week. So yeah, I expect that we'll be doing another Firefox update uh, probably in the next day or so as well to include that. But anyway, uh, Firefox 66. Uh, for these releases, we're looking at multiple memory safety issues that were fixed uh, in Firefox there, um, likely leading to possible code execution, although that's not been proven, but yeah, they've been fixed. Uh, three different issues around handling of FTP modal dialogues. So if you've used FTP functionality in Firefox, you know it uh, will often pop up little dialogues at you, whether to authenticate or to display messages from the FTP server, that kind of thing. And it was found that these could be used for either a kind of interactive denial of service to the user, where they essentially keep getting successively shown and the user can't dismiss them, or uh, to do things like display arbitrary messages to the user and therefore conduct social engineering attacks against the user as well. So they've been fixed. Uh, there's also some issues around uh, information leakage from a confined child uh, renderer process, uh, leaking in, uh, sorry, being able to extract information from the parent process. Uh, there's various use after freeze and type confusions in the JavaScript uh, interpreter there, all of these leading to memory corruption and possible code execution. And finally, there was incorrect bounds checking uh, when uh, running without Spectre mitigations. So it would perform the, the wrong bounds checks on various JavaScript objects if you had gone and disabled the various Spectre mitigations that are usually in place. Uh, these are enabled by default, so that's the kind of thing you would have to have disabled on purpose and the kind of thing that I certainly would recommend that you do not. Uh, these kind of mitigations are there for a good reason nowadays with the uh, Spectre attacks have kind of shown that, uh, yeah, we really need those in place to stop, you know, arbitrary uh, sites being able to steal secrets from other sites, that kind of thing. So, yeah, if you have disabled those, please don't, please leave them enabled. Okay, uh, we've got an update for SnapD. So uh, this is one CVE here for Trusty Xenial, Bionic and Cosmic. This was reported to us uh, by Jan Horn from Google Project Zero and essentially reported that the setcomp blacklist for TAOCTSTI, which is uh, an IO control that can be used to essentially uh, inject uh, fake or fake input uh, to the terminal. And what SnapD does is it sets up a blacklist for this because this is the kind of thing that can be used to say, you know, escape the uh, SnapD sandbox that it puts in place, you know, to be able to send essentially commands back to the terminal or to other processes, that kind of thing. And so SnapD had set up a blacklist for this to try to stop it ever being executed. However, Jan discovered that uh, the way this works on 64-bit systems is that, you know, the I, I control the hash defined for that is a 32-bit value. When you call uh, when you call the arc tool, it then flows through to the kernel and then is used as a 64-bit value uh, to compare that inside seccomp. And the problem was that if you were able to set some higher bits in that 64-bit uh, value, then it wouldn't compare as the exact value that we had tried to block. Uh, you would then be able to pass off that, uh, you'd be able to pass through that uh, setcomp rule, flow through then to the actual IO control itself, that would get executed and you would be able to execute the IO control even though we had this blacklist in place. The problem here, I guess, is due to the mismatch between kind of a 32-bit and 64-bit APIs and not being able to necessarily compare the same values at different points in the call stack, whether that's between uh, libseccomp or seccomp itself in the kernel or the actual IO control itself. 
Uh, so when this was filed, we weren't, uh, well, I guess we kind of analyzed it from a bunch of different perspectives. It wasn't really clear whether this was a bug in SnapD or whether a bug in libseccomp or whether a bug in the kernel. Uh, but eventually, uh, I guess after consulting a bunch of different sources and uh, the seccomp maintainers themselves came to the conclusion that this likely was a bug in uh, SnapD solely because these kind of limitations in seccomp had been documented before. And so while this is kind of non-intuitive and a bit not obvious, it came out down to really being SnapD at fault. So the way that we fix this, because it's not easily able to be fixed uh, in the standard API, is to add a second uh, seccomp filter that just disallows any of those high bits being set as well in the you know those top 32 bits in the 64-bit value in the uh, IO control. So that's now been fixed in SnapD. Finally, we've got an update for libsolve. So this is a package that uh, does essentially dependency satisfiability and dependency solving, often used for things like apt or yum, that kind of thing, uh, to resolve dependencies between packages at installation time on Linux systems. Uh, in this case, we're looking at just a couple different null pointer dereferences and one invalid memory read due to mishandling of uh, variable length function arguments. And all of these are resulting in essentially reading from invalid memory, therefore triggering a segmentation violation, uh, crash, and denial of service as a result. So they've all been fixed for Cosmic. Okay, finally, uh, I want to mention that the team is hiring. We have two open positions. We are looking for an Ubuntu security generalist. So if you have a keen interest in security and Linux and Ubuntu, and you want to help make your favorite Linux distribution more secure, I urge you to please apply for that. Or uh, we have an open position for a robotics security engineer. So if you have a background in robotics and ROS in particular, uh, and you're involved in the ROS upstream community and you want to help contribute uh, to the security of ROS and kind of helping define that, particularly from an Ubuntu perspective, I urge you to apply for the second position. And I've got links to both of those uh, job applications in the show notes. So I urge you to check them out and please apply. Uh, as usual, if you want to get in contact, you can email us at security@ubuntu.com. Or you can find the team hanging out in the Ubuntu Harden channel on the Freenode IRC network. Or finally, you can even get us on Twitter at Ubuntu underscore sec. So yeah, if you've got any questions for the team or anything I guess you'd like to hear us uh, maybe talk about in this podcast or suggestions or anything like that, yeah, I urge you please get in contact uh, with us. We would love to hear from you. Okay, so that takes us to the end of the show. As usual, thanks for listening. Uh, remember, keep calm and have automated upgrades if you haven't already. And I will speak to you again in another week. Thanks for listening. Bye.